And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created are exploited, we are downtrodden, we are denied not only civil rights but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, You've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. Get together, have a few laughs. Good evening, folks. This is your host, E-Rock, on the Iowa Talk, guys. And to my right, we have... TP. And the left... Theo. And we are going to be continuing our story with MK Ultra. Yes. Looks like we're starting off with... CIA objectives. Right. Picking up where we left off. Right on. So, we hope you enjoyed the first show. I know I did. And here comes the second show. Anyways, the objective of the CIA projects. Before I get into this, I should say, the main objective was they wanted to turn people into a puppet. Right? Zombie. They wanted to be able to erase their memory, implant new memories, and then make them completely forget about it. Like some sort of a... Manchurian candidate. Perfect assassin or something? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there's a bunch of movies about it in the 90s that came out after, you know, all the stuff, the conspiracy stuff, right? Like Hitman? Yeah, so... Like on Sound of Music, those fucking puppets they had? High on the hill was a lonely goat herd, lay, hood, lay, hood, lay, Yeah, that was fucking crazy. That's what they creepy. wanted. It was, it creepy that, was inter- that was entertainment back in the day, man. Marionettes. Yep. Like politicians and bureaucrats in Washington. <laughs> yeah. Well, corporations now. No, they've always got somebody's arm up their ass. And but <laughs> they wanted something more than that, though. They they wanted something that could do whatever, kill, or just send a message and then come home and not know what happened. Just have missing time syndrome or whatever, right? Oh my god, what did I do? Yeah. My and clothes are covered in blood. And I have scratches all over me. There's a dead three-year-old. What's this shovel doing here? Dude, yeah, stuff like that happened. It's crazy. We'll get into that when we get into the experiments. Some of the repercussions and stuff. It's really... And the worst part about this is like we said in the first show, they violated all codes of ethics and morals and everything you know i mean all laws known to man about atrocities to, to human beings just basic and nobody, human decency and nobody was held accountable imagine that weird wow we'll get into what happened with cindy gottlieb you heard it first here folks yeah so they worked on ways they wanted to controlled production to achieve controlled production of headaches and earaches twitches jerks and staggers which is i found very interesting so it's like what why would you 
they how did the human body move twitch right like real like puppeteer type stuff like that i just found that interesting when i read that tourette's well i don't think that's what they intended maybe it was i don't know i don't know when was tourette's they first name it, I guess. Yeah, we got other stuff to talk about tonight. <clears throat> yeah, but they wanted to reduce... What really what they wanted to do was re- reduce a man to a bewildered, self-doubting mass to subvert his principles, a CAA document said that I found. They wanted to direct him in ways that may vary from rationalizing a disloyal act to the construction of a new person. Subvert. I like that word. They Yeah, they wanted to... Seize complete control of a person's mind to allow the CIA or his handler or whatever to have uh, some type of Manchurian candidate. Jason Bourne. I can't remember anything that happened before two weeks ago. Or do, yeah, whatever. Yeah, right? And then amnesia. Exactly, dude. Exactly. And I think they, yeah, isn't that what was in the Bourne series that he was like an MK Ultra victim? I don't know. Pretty sure. Similar stuff. Matt Damon. Yeah, they wanted to do whatever that, whatever else the handler's sick dream could be. Just in, imposing your will on another human being without them even knowing it or remembering it. And that's some scary shit. Especially when you have all these people running around nowadays with missing time syndrome. Oh, I was abducted by aliens. Yeah. And that's speculation on my part, but that just seems kind of in correspondence with this was it was. Because they're... Their very longest running goal was to develop a way to induce amnesia. Like I said, they don't want you to remember any of this crap, right? They wanted to be able to interrogate enemy espionage agents in such a way that neither the agents nor their superiors would know that they had been compromised. And they wanted to be able to wipe clean the memories of their own agents after certain missions, and especially when they're going into retirement. In inducing amnesia was an important agency goal from the artichoke point of view, states a 1952 document. So they've been working on this for, for a while, dude. The greater the amnesia produced, the more effective the results. Right. It makes you think of Men in Black, right? The yeah, I was just thinking about that, right? Too. And that's what that meant, reminded me of. And I'm like, that's that's very interesting. So, you know, officially... And I, I haven't mentioned this yet at all in the sh- in the first episode, or but they never came to anything. Apparently, the whole the whole thing was a kaput. Oh, they didn't learn anything. Yeah, later on you'll find out when Cindy Gottlieb leave. That's why he's like everything was nothing happened. Burn all the documents. We didn't learn anything. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows anything. Is that a psyop? Did they? Are they just saying maybe? That? Yeah. No, uh, I don't think so, because there's been actual repercussions up in Canada, the Montreal sleep experiments. We'll get into that. Reparations were paid to families. One of the very f- first individuals to uh, suffer some sort of accident fell out of a window. Oops. Frank Olson. We'll get into that later. All right. And, uh, yeah, it's it's very interesting. So getting in, we told you we we're going to get into Nazis and this stuff, too, right? I think so. They conducted if interviews. If my mind served me correct. Yeah, yeah. They conducted interviews with scientists and doctors and members of other intelligence agencies around the world. And they studied the writing of a individual, Alice Marie-Ut. It's French. Alois. No. Maria Ott. Alois. Mar- that's a very nice name. Alois. The psycholo- psychologist. 
who worked with Adolf Hitler. Oh, never mind. When he was in prison. Never mind. It's German. She diagnosed him when he was in prison, you know, when he wrote his masterpiece, that mm, his struggle. Mein Kampf? Mm. MK? I don't know. <laughs> oh. Whoa! Maybe. Oh, E-Rock. Hmm. Interesting. So they, that's a breakout theory for me, Rock, right there. That is good. Dun, you, dun, heard, dun. you heard it here first. Yeah, but the the CIA they wondered about the use of occult and of black psychiatry, and of course poured over their own stream of intelligence data that they had found from their predecessors in the uh, the OSS or in Artichoke Chatter. So messing with people Bluebird. wasn't enough. Right. Like, they were occult, into the occult and stuff? Well, and we're going to do an episode on this, the Nazi, and I have the book, the Nazi occult uh, connection, okay? So the SS were heavily into the occult. Remember, Hitler Hitler was sending troops around looking for biblical artifacts, right? Well, I saw that in Indiana Jones. (laughs) (laughs) But that, no, I mean, that was, was, turned out to be true. Heinrich Himmler was doing it, not no, not necessarily Hitler. Was that but what Brad Pitt was doing in no, Tibet? No, he had Hitler would Hitler would uh, before he would go into major battles, he would have psychics, just like the kings of old in the Bible and stuff. Oracles, yeah. In ancient times, in the Grecian times, and Greek Greece, they would they would con- they would consult their psychics on which battle plans to go with. Weird, right? Hmm. We will have a whole other episode on that. It's it's crazy. The book's wild. Anyways, did it actually work? I don't know. I guess you'll never know. Alexander the Great, King David, consulted with God. King Saul had Samuel. You know, so the Babylonians, King Nebuchadnezzar had his. The Pharaohs had theirs. The Assyrians. Yeah, I think. I don't know. It goes all the way back, dude. Every ancient culture, they had their their oracles, their... The Sumerians? In our day and age, they're scientists, I guess you'd call them, right? That they consult with. Like wizards. Yeah. Gandalf. Yeah. Reminds you of uh, Black Sabbath almost, right? TP, you put here that MKUltra was essentially a continuation of what happened in Japanese and Nazi concentration camps. Correct. So I have heard a little bit about, yeah, it looks here like you're going to talk about Unit 731. Yeah. that's It's it's, it's interesting. I, I A buddy of mine years ago told me about a book he read about it. Yeah. He said it was just barbaric. Yeah, I don't, I didn't get too deep into Unit 731, but yeah, uh, they were. I believe a lot of the camps were actually in Manchuria when they annexed Manchuria in China, like in the 30s, right? Hmm. Manchurian candidate. Oh. Weird. Right? Hmm. Wonder where that term came from. Wow. Yeah. So, I didn't get too much into Unit 731. Maybe in German, Manchurian candidate is, starts with a K. MK. Ooh. Ooh. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Well... These Nazi doctors had conducted experiments with mescaline at Dachau, right? We mentioned some individuals working at Dachau. Dachau. And, uh, experiments yeah. on people. And according to research team member Walter Neff, the goal of the Dachau experiments was to, quote, eliminate the will of the person examined. Eliminate the will. That's just... Unquote. 
Mm. That's it takes a sick type of a person to be interested in that kind of work. Yeah. Now keep that in mind as we go through this episode because we're going to get into Sydney Gottlieb next, the 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 mad scientist behind MK Ultra. So keep that in mind that the Nazis wanted to eliminate the will of the persons examined. Okay. The masculine tests at Dachau were run by Dr. Kurt Plotner. Plotner. And he ordered SS officers to covertly administrate the drug by spiking the prisoners' drinks. Very kind of him. Yeah. The CIA was very interested in figuring out whether mescaline could be the key to mind control that was one of their big avenues of investigation. So they hired the Nazi doctors who had been involved in the project to advise them. Well, these are the perfect guys to use. These were the good Germans. They've already got experience in this field. Right. Obviously, we can't let the (laughs) Soviets get them. Dude, yeah, exactly. Going back to Operation Paperclip, these were the good Germans. convenient. Mm -hmm. How convenient. The Nazis provided information about uh, the poison gases like sarin and tobin we we talked about. Okay. And... uh, those Nazi doctors uh, had a job at Fort Detrick in Maryland, which comes up later on in in the episode, particularly with Frank Olson. That's where he uh, he worked. Yeah, they brought these Nazi doctors there to lecture officers, CIA officers, Army personnel, and tell them how long it took for people to die from sarin and tobin and stuff, and yeah. you know, went all over that fun jazz. Mm. And they were not long. <laughs> yeah, and the. The uh, CIA was f- became fascinated with this one drug called LSD. How come you didn't put the compound? I'm just kidding. Lysergic acid dilethamide. I'm just kidding. And other psychochemicals, okay? So getting into LSD, where what is LSD, where to come from? It was relatively new, okay? Uh, Albert Hoffman. Albert Hoffman. A researcher from a Swiss chemical company, Sandoz. Sandoz. First developed lysergic acid dilithamide or LSD in 1938. Diethylamide. Diethylamide. In 1938. Yeah. He was working with a chemical found in uh, ergot, a fungus that grows naturally on rye and other grains. Weird. (laughs) Because they found penicillin. Salem witch trials, too. Hmm. Right? Don't they speculate that there was a moldy rye? Oh, that's interesting. I didn't even think about that one. Yeah, they were seeing demons and shit. Freaking out. Wow. We can go around that approach. That's interesting. Mm. Mm -hmm. Good one, Theo. Oh, thanks. So, also, we had spoke about our old buddy Chuck Luck. Chuck Luck. Yeah. That's Lieutenant Colonel Chuck Luck. Oh, my bad. Chief of the U.S. Chemical Warfare in Europe, who... Oh, Brigadier General is what he retired at. I'm sorry. Forgive yeah, me, Brigadier. because Lieutenant Colonel is what I was used to from reading Paperclip, because that's what he was at the time. Yeah, he was uh, Yeah, he was kind of a big deal, bud. But made it to Brigadier General. Yeah, he was uh, introduced to Hitler's sure. former chemist, Richard Kuhn, who uh, was president of DCHG, which was a department under IG... Farben Auschwitz. IG Farben Auschwitz. Hmm. Wow. Weird. The connections are just amazing. Right. 
I think they're probably just coincidences, but I don't. I don't know. I don't remember. Did we talk about Richard Coon? We did not name not Kuhn. much. Yeah. So I don't let's just get into who he was real quick. All right. All right. Uh, he had he because we're talking about Nazis. So he he never officially joined the Nazi Party. But as soon as Hitler came to power in 33, 1933, he immediately dismissed all of his Jewish subordinates at the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute of Medical Research. Okay, you You Jews are dismissed. Wow, that's pretty. <laughs> that's yeah. sickening, man. Okay. And he was also the head of the chemistry department there, but in uh, 1936, he spontaneously denounced his colleague, Otto Meyerhoff, who was still employing Jewish scientists. I cannot believe you're employing these swine. <laughs> Jeez. Right. And from the beginning of the Third Reich, Kuhn also began to end his speeches at home and abroad with Zeke Heil. Even at non-Nazi functions. I, I just, I thought that was interesting. Wow. What a nice guy, huh? Uh, he won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1938 for his natural product research. But Kuhn rejected the prize with a letter punctuated with his handwritten addendum. The fear is will is our belief, quote unquote. After he had purged all of these Jews out of his office yeah before world war ii broke out this dude won the nobel prize but he rejected it the year that hitler was time magazine man of the year weird yeah but his uh his anti-vitamin research by kuhn and some of his pupils in hildeberg heidelberg heidelberg during world war ii played an important role for investigation of a new group of nerve gases and sarin like we spoke about before and the context of the pesticide research by ig farben hmm hmm weird weird like i said he was a he was one of the good germans and it gets into it here so after the war his chemical warfare research was a great interest to the u.s chemical warfare service i bet yeah so in july of uh, 45 kuhn continued chemical warfare research under the allied authority despite the strict prohibition of military research in Germany. So, yeah, U.S. Uh, intelligence, the OSS, tried to recruit him under Operation Paperclip, but he declined two offers, and, and 47 and 49, to continue his chemical warfare research in the United States. He's like, no, I'm staying here. I'm fine in Germany. This is where I'm from. This is where I die. But he was never a Nazi party member. Why do I need to join the party when I'm in it? It's in my heart. It's in my soul. I do not need paperwork showing that I am the, what I am. So I know we didn't mention him in Paperclip, but we did talk about Paperclip, and we told you Paperclip was going to come back in. The, so, the Fuhrer's will is our belief. Mm-hmm. So, you know, wasn't, wasn't even a Nazi party member. Well, he certainly expressed who he was in his soul. So getting into another person who had hardcore beliefs in their heart and soul. Sidney Gottlieb. Sidney Gottlieb. Old Sid. When Alan Dulles appointed Sidney Gottlieb as the head of MKUltra, 
apparently reported to be known as the Black Sorcerer in some some instances. Some circles. Mm-hmm. I found it interesting. This, and this is public knowledge. He was born in the Bronx to Lewis and his mommy, Fanny. Lewis and Fanny. Yeah, Orthodox Jew immigrants from Hungary. Okay. And he was teased by other children because he, uh, he had a club foot, apparently. And his last name was Fanny? Or his mom's name No, his mom's name is Fanny. Fanny Schneider. Yeah. So, he also had leg braces, Forrest Gump style. I bet if I think about it real hard, I could remember my first pair of shoes. Mama said they'd take me anywhere. She said they was my magic shoes. Yeah. And built-up shoes he had to wear. And he developed a stutter. But he had a brilliant mind. So, that's... Kind of sad. I can only imagine how rough it was to grow up in the Bronx during that time. No during kidding. The Great honestly. Depression and whatnot. Yeah, that had been uh, with a leg deformity. And then you grew up to be the black sorcerer. Yeah. Well, maybe this is him getting payback, dude. This is like Revenge of the Nerds type yeah. shit. Because he was a, he was a, he had a brilliant mind. I mean, he was. We get in here in 1940. He graduated magna cum laude. From the University of Wisconsin, which remember, I think we talked about the University of Wisconsin before. Only a couple hours from us. Yeah. I know I be- some of the, I believe it was either like chemists or, yeah, I believe it was chemists that were in Europe looking for scientists were uh, like were in the, when the Allies were going through. Yeah. Like predecessor to paperclip time. Yep. Uh, I know one of the guys was from University of Wisconsin. So they were, you know, they're a big, big 10 university. Yeah. They're known. Big money university. They've been doing a lot of stuff for a long time and we're, we're pretty doggone close. Great school. Yeah. He, he got his bachelor's of science in agriculture. Then he earned uh, his PhD in 43 in organic chemistry at the California Institute of Technology. Go West, young man. Then, later that year, he tried to enlist in the military, but obviously was rejected because he had a club foot. Club foot. Yeah, sorry, bud. It's not going to happen. Nope. I mean, I get, hey, at least he tried. It's 1944. Pearl Harbor just happened. No, not 1944. Yeah, later. Oh, in 43. Sorry. D-Day was in 44. Yeah. So, Pearl Harbor had happened. Yeah, I'm 41. Already. He was in college. So he finished his degree. PhD and then tried to go be an officer. But he couldn't march. Sorry, bud. You can't you can't march you, yeah. in a in a combat this, unit. With a club foot? No. Unfortunately no. You really can't run either. You have to go miles I mean, again, upon you miles. Brilliant day, mind right? and yeah. stuff, right? But Yeah, so Hey, like I said, though, good on him, I guess, for trying to sh- sh- join up because you have a bunch of people now that couldn't even pass a PT test if they wanted to, you know? I'm just saying. Anyways, he was rejected, so he took a, ended up taking a job in the U.S. Department of Agriculture. And in 1945, he worked for the Food and Drug Administration looking on ways to detect drugs in the human body. Hmm. Interesting. He worked for the FDA, right? And then later moved to the National Research Council, where in 1948, he worked on a plant disease and fungicides, having his first exposure to hallucinogenics. 
Hallucinogens. Hallucinogens, yeah, my bad. But that's interesting. So that's when he's like, hmm, what are these things? What can we do with them? And then shortly afterward, he was uh, recruited to work on a research project at the University of Maryland in 49. But in 51, he was given an opportunity to work for the CIA where he consulted on undetectable poisons useful in assassinations. And then in 53, he ended up being run, running Project MK Ultra. All right. So he saw this as like his, uh, I couldn't enlist in the, the army and do my duty for the war. Now I'm going to serve my country this way. Right. I owe my country a debt because uh, my parents are immigrants. Jew immigrants from Hungary. Right. That so. escaped. Yeah. Death. And Hungary was... Not Their whole family's probably eradicated. Not a good place for those folks to be. Nope. Anyway. Journalist Stephen Kinzer spent several years investigating the program and wrote a book about Gottlieb called Poisoner in Chief, Sidney Gottlieb and the CIA Search for Mind Control. Gottlieb arranged for the CIA to pay $240,000 to buy the world's entire supply of LSD. Wow. I wonder how much LSD that, well, 240 grand worth. How much LSD? How do you even measure LSD? What I, did, do you, I did read something. What was it? 10 million hits. What's a hit? I don't know. So anyway, he bought the world's entire supply of LSD, arranged for it to be bought. He brought this to the United States, and he began spreading it around to hospitals, clinics, prisons, and other institutions, asking them through bogus foundations to carry out research projects and find out what LSD was how many people reacted to it, and how it might be able to be used as a tool for mind control. Well, I suppose when you arrange for the CAA to buy the world's entire supply of LSD, you sort of have market cornered and can probably use it for those purposes. Yeah. I mean, that was obviously at the time the world's supply, but it's not like, oh, no, we can never make LSD oh, again, yeah, right? right? But like, synthetic, right. Just saying, like, that's they're like we got to get our hands on all of this, right? So it, it's pretty wild. Was that so? It said two hundred forty thousand dollars. I'm reading it's also ten kilograms. You say that's enough for a hundred million doses. Oh, well, and they started wow. making their own. They had chemists making their yeah, own sure. after that. You yeah, know what it's I mean? Just a compound. They're like that was just their their <clears throat> Kickstarter. Yeah. Right? This is. We can make better ones. We get into that later on. How apparently, the Manson family had the best LSD, baby. They got the best. Well, they got the best from the government. I don't know. Anyways, uh, yeah, Kinzer wrote his book, and Gottlieb wrote in his book that Gottlieb wanted to create a way to seize control of people's minds, and he realized it was a two-part process. First, you had to blast away the existing mind. Second, you had to find a way to insert a new mind into that resulting void. And apparently he didn't get too far on number two, but he did a lot of work on number one. So it's like reprogramming. Yeah, the reprogramming didn't go as successful here as, as the he was able to blasting format. away the existing mind, but that's 
freaking scary business. Yeah. How many people did they just ruin? Oh, dude. Untolds. I mean, not just they ruined they ruined families. I mean, when you oh, ruin yeah, one person, you ruin a whole family yeah, that's what I was in thinking. essence. You know what I'm saying? But sure. remember, like I said, okay, first, you had to blast away the existing mind. Second, you had to find a way to insert a new mind into that resulting void. And just like the Nazis were working on back in Dachau to eliminate the will of the person examined. That, that sounds pretty similar to me, right? Yeah. 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 I think that would be eliminating their will. So this, this sounds familiar. This sounds like a, a theme that is pretty typical with the CIA. Yeah. Gottlieb and the CIA established secret detention centers throughout Europe and East Asia, particularly in Japan, Germany, and the Philippines, which are, were largely under American control in the period of the 1950s. And therefore, Gottlieb didn't have to worry about any legal complexity in these places. Just secret black sites, baby. Yeah, dude. That's how they started. Why, why do they hate us? Why does America not have any friends? Right. Sorry, folks around the world, we can't really do anything about this stuff. They're I know, crazy. This, they're psychos. And uh, just like those countries, their government does ref- does not really necessarily reflect their people, just like in ours. Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, so they started doing it on people abroad, and then they brought it, they brought it home, as well. Right. They 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 had multiple things going on at multiple times. Uh, so the CIA officers in Europe and Asia were capturing enemy agents who they felt might be suspected persons or were otherwise what they called expendable. Oh, that's it's kind of like they would. It's kind of like essential and non-essential workers, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they would throw them into a cell and do all these tests on them, and they they did this on American people too. Sure. Cindy Gottlieb deemed these people to be just expendable. Well, he must have been a pretty special guy. Yeah. So not only were they drugging these unwitting individuals, these unwitting Americans and stuff, they would uh, they would grab these people, throw them in cells, try all these other techniques out of them, bombarding them with questions, most likely beating the shit out of them, destro- trying to destroy the human ego. And these projects were designed to not only understand the human mind, but to figure out how to destroy it. And uh, that, that, that really made Gottlieb, according to uh, Kite Kinsner here on his book, made Gottlieb certainly the most prolific torturer of his generation. Well, I would imagine that a guy like that would be pretty proud of the title. Well, yeah. He ended up, uh, at the end of all this, when the when it was coming out, Cindy Gottlieb ordered all the documents to be destroyed. I bet. And he deemed everything oh it was a complete failure and utter. We didn't learn anything. Oh. It was a total total waste of time and money and and all the stuff. And he retired back on his farm milking his goats. Yeah, what? the whole time this was happening, he had a, he had a little farm with his wife, a nice little white picket fence, milked his goats every morning. Where at? Virginia. Hmm. Yeah. I like goats. So, yeah, getting in. They're tasty to eat. They are. I've had some. I ate one once. They're really a tasty animal. And goat milk is pretty delicious. Yeah, goat milk's good. Goat mm-hmm. cheese, of course. Yeah. 
So due to the classified nature of the programs, many of these test subjects were unaware of their involvement. Due to the classified nature of the program, many of the test subjects were unaware of their involvement in got. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to do like law and order. Well, yeah. <laughs> Th- this is... He, Gottlieb admitted that his teams targeted people who would not fight back, quote-unquote. Like maybe a you know some sort of a guy with i don't know just pull a number out of a hat here club foot or something like that hmm weird right yeah that's really sickening isn't it yeah that he freaking they can't fight back so <laughs> go after him yeah back him with your club experiment on him right yeah these uh these no it's the well foot. this included drug addicted prisoners oh we already talked about on episode seven going way back in the way back how hunter or I'm sorry, Whitey Bulger was experimented on in prison trying to, you know, to reduce his sentence. They, I just uh, think it's cool that to, uh, you know, protect America, you're just like kicking, kicking people while they're down. That's good. It's good. Good for you, Mr. Gottlieb. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh real patriotic of you. Sure. Yeah. Trying to protect the homeland and make sure nothing bad happens to us. There Thanks. Yeah. They, um, marginalized they used sex workers they uh they worked on the mentally or both the mental and terminal cancer patients so mental patients and terminal cancer patients nice yeah and then yes some of the some of the subjects the 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 experiments were paid students at universities and stuff so timothy leary we get in i'll get into that later the the in the moody blues song you'll play that yeah Yep. Dude, the the acid guru of the sixties, you know, he had those parties with the Grateful Dead, the acid parties and stuff, right? He hung out with that dude who wrote the the one flew over the cuckoo's nest. And he turns out he got like eight federal grants from the CIA. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. And then helped spread L S D and all this other stuff. What was his phrase? T- turn on, tune in. Drop out. Drop out, yeah. So weird. That he started off at a university getting paid by the CIA. Hmm. Interesting. And then, yeah, that happened. How do you tune in? You do a bunch of LSD? Mm-hmm. And then drop out of college or so, high school? Oh, yeah, that was the thing. Like, like, what do you mean by that? That was the controversy behind it. He's like, whatever you want it to mean, man, just take some acid. <laughs> or whatever his slogan was, I don't know. Big deal. Okay. Right? I mean, he really helped spread the word across america but yeah to also to practice on ter- oh you have terminal cancer well why don't we try this uh experimental treatment a, this experimental treatment where we give you lsd and then shock the crap out of you until you shit the bed does that sound fun to you no okay well you're we're probably gonna, gonna die we're gonna do it this anyway. could save your life or what we're gonna do it sickos, to you. dude yeah yeah well, if uh, I get cancer, shoot me up with some LSD. And- well, then other addicts. Oh, hey, man, you want some heroin? Oh, yeah. Yeah, all right. You need a fix, bro? Let's well, come over here. We'll help you out with this if you just uh, participate in this little this little game we got. Like Whitey Bulger. He was thought he, they were giving him uh, an option to work on a experiment or whatever to try to cure schizophrenia. And then they were just like <laughs> held him down and. Held his eyes open and dosed him with LSD the whole time. Freaking 
clockwork orange style, you know. <laughs> and he's a psychopath. Yeah, and turned about to you like this ruthless murderer. He even quoted saying, like, if I find out where those doctors were down in Atlanta, I'm going to kill him. But, yeah. Um, and, like, yeah, at first they, like, the CIA, they didn't really, here's the crazy part. Allegedly, there was, like, no ream or reason. Ream. No ream or reason. <laughs> <laughs> no rhyme or reason as to why they started doing these experiments with this LSD. So they were doing them, uh, they would uh, infiltrate large group gatherings outdoors, like, you know cover band concert in a park or a ball game I'm like oh these these mosquitoes and they had this shit labeled as insect repellent but it was lsd and there's like like spraying around people. wow <laughs> yeah. yeah and then they would i mean uh, that is criminal yeah and then they would just that sit back criminal. and like get some popcorn and, and hot dogs and watch the chaos commence and all, all, the, uh, all the while, these people are like, "What is going on to me? What is happening?" Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, cars turning into monsters yeah. with big eyes. <laughs> is, that, is, is that what happens? Oh, tons of stuff, dude. Yeah, you know I mean, you get a high. I've never done acid, but yeah, from the reports that I read, like a guy I know told me that he saw two trees turn into dogs and start fighting each other. That would be insane. Yeah. <laughs> I would freak out. Dude. Now imagine. I would shit my but pants. But he, did he take He took it knowing that he took it. Oh, yeah. So imagine you just took a drink out of a beer. Oh, my goodness. And then you're like. <laughs> yeah. Next level. All of a sudden, the room is like. <sighs> Pulsing. Yeah. The walls are breathing. Yeah, something like that, dude. Okay. And then then they would go to private parties and be like, oh, spill this new perfume I got. Kind of cocktail parties and stuff. Or they would they would just find ways. They would just have the container dose like, oh, it's just perfume. But they would spray it in somebody's drink, right? And we'll get into that. Or marked as maybe a deodorant. Or some type of aerosol. A de perfume. Yeah. So one of their first Etole. one of their first experiments with a group of unwitting agents. I mean, and here's the other thing. They I guess this is how maybe they justify their actions. They not only did it on unwitting US citizens, but they did it in their own departments. There was even a case where they LSD'd the freaking water cooler at, on the on one floor oh in one of a goodness. in a federal building. <laughs> and they were just like, Let's see what happens, man. <laughs> so like all these people that are hitting the water cooler what about are just psychopaths. Yeah, dude. just like like they're sitting at their like their do i have a tumor like what is going on right yeah so it was wild and uh they you know the psychopaths it's man. sick dude yeah and uh they freaking they get into it like so one of the groups they had an individual, and you mentioned him before, Dr. Frank Olson. He was a civilian worker working on top-secret germ warfare at Fort Detrick, Maryland. Heard that one before. Right. <clears throat> Talked about it. Which provided data for the Army and the CIA. And uh, he had raised objections to these airborne toxins, these, these experiments happening. And Netflix did the, that uh, 
Wormwood special. Never heard it. of it. Well, his family, they do a big investigation. His family got reparations for it and stuff. That Eventually, in, I, I should have wrote the year down on here, but they get repara- or reparations. They get a the CIA, a settlement, thank you. The CIA admitted that, oh, yeah, sorry. We killed your dad. <laughs> Decades later. Yeah. But, oh. but how they did it, like, so. Well, I guess. Real, better late than never. Yeah, but but uh, with some examples of the objections that he was talking about, like uh, between 49 and 69, the Army conducted several hundred biological warfare tests in which unaware populations were sprayed with bacterial traces or stimulants that the Army thought were harmless at the time. So, like I said... Be all that you can be. San Francisco Bay is famous for the fogs coming in off the bay, off the Golden Gate Bridge, right? Well, they're like, let's just pump bacterial fog into this stuff and <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. Some of the tests involve spraying large areas such as the city of St. Louis and San Francisco. And others involve some other focused areas such as New York City subway systems and the Washington National Airport. Wow. Yeah, imagine. Pretty heavy. Imagine getting ready to get on a plane, <laughs> and you're like, "Oh no, I'd want to die." Dude. Yeah, I already, I already don't like flying. You have to shit. Like the whole plane has to do it, and the CA is like, <laughs> 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 "Everybody's like, no." Start betting on who's gonna shit. First. Oh, dude, even the pilots and stuff, dude. Like that'd be terrible. Oh my god. Or the pilots are sealed off for everybody's safety. At least we kept their safety in mind. <laughs> yeah. But here's the sticky part. Yeah. So in 53, Olson was invited. Dr. Frank Olson was invited to a weekend retreat hosted by none other than Sidney Gottlieb. Okay. And uh, it was uh, at the Deep Creek Lake in Maryland. And Gottlieb orders Olson a drink, was, and which was spiked with LSD. And then a week later, Olson fell to his death from a 10-story floor window in a Manhattan hotel. Thought he could fly. So when you get in the story, if you watch that documentary, yeah, I mean, that's just where it started. What do you mean, what started? His demise. So they... Oh, when they started dosing him? Yeah. And then, like... Ended up jumping out of a 10-story window. Or got tossed. Right? So there's... There no. was... No. Oh, yeah. There it was experts determined. Dude. Experts determined. Yeah, yeah. The experts. You're right. Kinda They're like, never wrong. Kind of like the Clinton people that have been dying lately. Yeah. They uh, they try to make it look like suicide, just like uh, that dude that was tied up with a gunshot wound and missing. Yeah, we're gonna, we'll get to that. Yeah. After the special. After the special. Yeah, yeah. in a different episode. Yeah, and finally, it would take the take years for the truth to come out that they murdered him, and uh, yeah, that's that. 
hands washed. Well, everybody there from from that time's dead. Hands washed. Yep. Sorry uh, about that, folks. Yep, we killed your family member, but luckily we're the U.S. government, so we can write you a big check. How's that sound, guys? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we're gonna be on our way. How about uh, seventy-seven thousand dollars? There Thank you go. Thank you. Bye right. bye. Bye. All right. So uh, another operation they conducted was. Operation Midnight Climax. Theo, you've mentioned this before in previous episodes. I thought this I think is, you did. No, you've brought it up before. This uh, is I think a it was you. curiosity about this drug use as an aid in sexual entrapment and covert operations led the development of Operation Midnight Climax, known officially as MK Ultra Sub Project Three. So the CIA had a uh, they would set up multiple apartments. Safe houses. Quote-unquote safe houses, that they would call them. Yeah, that they would use for these sexual encounters. That Ooh, apparently, yes. they were decorated with photos of women in bondage and other suggestive items. Butt plugs and stuff or whatever. Whips and chains. Fifty Shades of Grey stuff, right? Images by the French artist. Toulouse. Yeah, whoever that guy is. Yeah, but these, these prostitutes... These brothels is essentially what they were. Their their, uh, prostitutes were being paid by the agents, and they would solicit these unsuspecting men and slip LSD in their drinks, or they would step into the restroom while uh, an agent in the room next door would hit a button. Spike the punch. Spike the air. Oh, just like they were doing with the walking around the parks earlier when they're like, wow, these mosquitoes, they're on my way. <laughs> what a bunch of sick bastards. So, so this was in San Francisco? Not just San Francisco. They did this in uh, New York as well. L.A. Mm-hmm. They have those those were the up. three main places. Yeah. Where there's a major population where it's normal for dudes to be going and weirdos and weirdos just yeah. be running around. Hey, much love to our city dwelling folks that listen. Yeah, love you all. But but uh, there's a lot of weirdos running around cities. Sorry, so, you know it. You know it. Someone comes to your establishment. They want to go downstairs. They want to get a little ooh la la, whatever. They gotta come to you. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't see anyone with a package, a knapsack, something under their arm. Everybody that comes in there has got a package under their arms. Some guys are carrying suitcases full of stuff. Yeah. So was the Paul Pelosi. Go to any one of them. <laughs> did we ever, <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> did we ever follow up on Paul Pelosi? No. No, we did uh, not. But is that this an MK is, Ultra? I don't know. Maybe, man. I'm spreading that conspiracy. There you go. Start it on the Reddit page, which we don't have yet. <laughs> Anyways, two-way mirrors... Right, so I said there was an agent in the other room. There was a two-way mirror because everybody likes to watch themselves having sex on a wall that's a mirror, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't like doing that? Duh. They would uh, allow agents to observe the responses and reactions of the unsuspecting men while under the influence of LSD and having sex with the prostitutes. There's a lot of science to be learned here. Yeah. It's for science. Science. Trust. It's the speed of science. (laughs) Leave me alone. I'm sciencing. There was a a ghost. There's ectoplasm. Did you see the ghost? It ran through here. It it slimed me. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And uh, the CIA had brothels in Greenwich Village in San Francisco and would sometimes film 
the LSD induced sexual encounters for quote later interpretation you know, Edu- educational purposes mm-hmm. think about this well i can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head one of you guys might but he was pete, that pete townsend he was that <laughs> fbi agent that was is in supermax now because he was selling s- secrets to the soviets for decades oh well, and he's originally right. from like chicago that's and weird i want to say he went to knox college like uh in galesburg way down in galesburg over in illinois wow and uh but this sick bastard he's an upstanding roman catholic goes to mass multiple times a week wow this dude recorded his wife unwittingly like she didn't know like having sex and sent it to buddies and shit or a buddy so did he set her up on the date in federal agencies no 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 he would record him having sex with his wife oh and she didn't know and then he would send it to buddies that's how hot my wife is and what she does for me that's messed up dude that's really and these are people that are in our government man fbi agents well you're talking about cia agents here we ran uh the reel on a couple episodes ago of that uh what's his name that young oh madison cawthorn yeah so yeah these are the type of people anyways you know, during the church committee investigations, they found, and apparently they were shocked, that there was absolutely no medical pre-screening of any kind. Well, yeah. Can you piss into this cup and wait 20 minutes before you fuck my pussy? <laughs> no, nobody's going to do that. But, <laughs> and uh, Thanks. they discovered that most of the agents observing, and this is what the really interesting part is, most of the... Agents observing behind the two-way mirrors had no medical credentials, nor were they qualified medical observers. They're just a couple of dudes watching another dude trip LSD and get screwed by a chick. Yeah, they're like, probably taking it too. <laughs> like those uh, voyeur shops. Maybe they, they might they have joined in. Yeah, I was gonna say that's what you call a provert, not a prevert. A provert, 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 like professional perverts. Oh. Nice. There you go. Good You're call. Right. Hashtag provert. Good call. Yeah. We got us. Thank you. We got it. got to make stickers. All right. So, yeah. Uh, and, uh, in fact, there were no medical personnel present. No follow-ups. To respond either. to any kind of negative right. reaction that maybe, oh, shit, this guy had a heart attack. Well, I'll just throw him in the dumpster with the rest of the addicts. Throwaways. Sounds like you have one of the most interesting cases coming up here, though, of, of what happened. Wow. somebody this is just of, of an un, yeah these are these are some of the experiments just unwitting ones we're going to get into more in the next episode this is and a three-part series like lord of the rings yeah except for with the return of the king is coming yeah and less walking <laughs> anywho so yeah the case of uh u.s marshal wayne ritchie wayne ritchie Old uh, Wayne Ritchie was drinking bourbon and soda with some other federal agents at a holiday party in 1957, 7th and Mission Street in San Francisco. Still there. Check it out on Google Maps. They were cracking jokes, smoking cigarettes, you know, playing grab ass like all those 57 guys used to do (laughs) with their suspenders and shit, trousers. And all of a sudden, for Wayne, the room started to spin. And the red and green lights on the Christmas tree in the corner 
spiraled wildly. His temperature, his body temp rose, and his gaze fixed on the dizzying colors around him. The deputy U.S. marshal excused himself and went upstairs to his office where he sat down and drank a glass of water. And this is all according to a San Francisco Weekly uh, article, okay, that interviewed this guy. Troy Hooper. Trey Hooper, yeah. So Wayne Ritchie had he needed to compose himself, but instead he came unglued. Okay, uh, Ritchie became so paranoid and distressed that he decided the only way to keep them, whoever they were, the aliens apparently, from getting him, was to strike first. All right. You're right. They drew first blood, not me. <laughs> it's going to get him. Yeah. So he decided, uh, quote, I decided if they want to get rid of me, I'll help them. I'll just go out and get my guns from my office and hold up a bar. Richie recalls, quote, I thought I can get enough money to get my girlfriend an airline ticket back to New York and I'll turn myself in. But I was unsuccessful, unquote. He probably had the money in the bank. Uh, most likely, yeah. But he was tripping balls on acid, right? Oh. And uh, That might have something to do with it. Was drinking bourbon and soda up in who knows how many he had up until that point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just hanging out, having a good old time with your coworkers. Next thing you know, somebody spiked the punch. And particularly just his, I guess. Now, like I said, that was taken from an interview of uh, San Francisco Weekly. By Troy Hooper. Troy Hooper. Uh, so out of his mind and tripping balls on LSD and alcohol, <laughs> Richie uh, rolled into the Shady Grove bar in the Fillmore District and ordered one final bourbon and soda. And after swallowing down the final drop, busted out his U.S. Marshal-issued pistol and ordered the bartender uh, to give him all the money, Right. Fortunately, a waitress and a patron were able to subdue him, and Richie was, uh, he was arrested before anyone got hurt, so that's good, right? Sure. Nobody got shot in the face because, you know, fortunately in this incident, and we're going to get into more after this in the next episode, Mm -hmm. where there weren't so lucky people that got away with not getting harmed, okay? Anyways, Wayne Ritchie had served in the uh, the military before, so he got like probation, a $500 fine. He had no prior record, but he was forced to resign from the U.S. Marshal Services. Wouldn't be until decades later that he realized that uh, he, he was involved in these CIA MK Ultra experiments. So he came across an obituary, American chemist, Cindy Gottlieb. Ooh. Yeah who was involved in the CIA acid LSD experiments. And uh, I guess he did a little research and put two and two together. And the article also mentioned a a narcotics officer he once knew and noted the officer's involvement in the LSD experiments. That apparently that narcotics officer was at that holiday party. Hmm. Imagine that. Yeah. Then it hit Richie that he might have been secretly dosed on the day he went crazy. Well, that is some interesting stuff. Stuff our government yeah. has done. Has done. On the record. And it gets more it gets deeper. So the next episode, disclaimer is a little dark. 
There's some dark stuff that happened. We're going to talk about uh, a man named Jimmy. A man named Charles. Jimi Hendrix? No. 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 Jimmy Charles. We're going to talk about a man named uh, David. I think, so, I, I, think I know where you're going with this. No. <laughs> but, yeah, so it, there's more coming up. And, uh, like I said, it's going to get dark. Uh, but just like I'm saying, we're bringing you guys this information because we want you to know about this is all this happened. This is real stuff. Our government's done this, and this has <laughs> happened in our lifetime. So if you like this episode, please like, follow Subscribe, share. Who are you going to tell? Spread it. Who are you going to tell? Spike the punch bowl. With I would talk, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Don't eat the yellow cake. And stay tuned for the next episode of MK Ultra. I would talk guys out. Talk guys out. Yeah.